You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and this is the Rates and Lanes podcast with Rico Mohammed. Tonight we have our special guest Chuck Snow and true to form, ladies and gentlemen, true to form. Uh, <laughs> right when we go live, I've got a little bit of a catastrophe on my hands with the uh, reefing unit that I'm pulling. But with no further ado, um, we're not, I'm, I'm not going to have a chance to get into the uh, into my particular uh, spiel right now. I want to get Chuck up on board and then we may have to do a little bit of freestyling and we'll probably come back to the, um, uh, information with the, um, the DAT trend lines and of course the USDA truck rate report. But with no further ado, I want to bring on our special guest, Chuck Snow and get him up and on board with us. Chuck, are you there? I'm here, Rico. Good deal, Chuck. Well, it looks like we got somebody on the line that has a question, so that might help us out starting out initially. Anyway, <laughs> let me uh, let's see. I don't I don't know if I don't have a call screener tonight, but let's see who we got here. We got someone calling in from the nine one five area code, so we're gonna bring them right up and on board. Caller from the nine one five, you're on live with Rico and Chuck. What's your name, and how can we help? Hello, uh, uh, caller, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Ah, uh, can you yep. coming in loud and clear? All right, uh, awesome. Um, <clears throat> my name is Thomas Jones. Uh, I'm from El Paso, Texas. Um, uh, well, let me tell you a little bit of, about myself first. Um, I started off my trucking career in the uh, you know, oil fields down in Texas, and uh, it was going pretty good for a while. I uh, got out of mortgage, car loan. Uh, my son is in private school. Um, then the market dropped terribly, and uh, I had to make a choice. I decided to go uh, over the road for a dedicated account for a major carrier, and um, it suffices my my needs. But um, I live off of uh, when I'm uh, on the road. I live off about seventy-five dollars a week. I live off of dollar burgers, uh, breakfast burritos, hot dogs, and uh, every time I go home, I'm reminded why I'm doing this. But um, I'm really ready to take it up a notch and uh, up my income. I just, um, I've been trying to find a, a lease program that uh, might be adequate for me, but every time I call and uh, I ask about the programs, they all are just so predatory. Um, and I have not been willing to, uh, you know, risk losing my house or, or you know, uh, even a, a couple steps further, but... Uh, so I just really, really want some advice of what I can do because I would never, I never would have thought uh, when I was younger that I would be making, you know, 55, 60 grand a year and be so stuck. I'm stuck in my career and I need, I need some advice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me ask. Now, once, once again, I'm sorry, um, you said that you were leased to a carrier or did you have your own authority? What's that, sir? Do you, you, are you leased to a carrier or do you have your own authority? I'm a company driver uh, for a carrier. Uh, I don't know if I can say specific oh, names. But, uh, no, you don't have to give a name. So that's, that's irrelevant. Um, I can tell you one thing, and I, and I pretty much agree with Kevin on this one. 
Um, you got most of these lease uh, these lease deals that are out there. Uh, you're right; they are predatory, and they're not geared in your favor. And it's you know when you can't make payments on that truck for some reason or another, uh, the next guy is right behind you. It's kind of like one of those mechanical bulls. Guys line up to get thrown off, and that's what this whole thing is like. So um, I would stay away from those things. Um, if you want to get into your own truck, uh, I think you should do that. Either go and buy you know a good used truck, or as I suggested at the CMC. Uh, there may be a way of doing it by through a lease, an actual lease program, where you can lease the truck from Ryder or Penske or Pack Lease or whoever. And the the beauty of that is then you have a a guaranteed cost. You have a fixed cost of running that truck. There are no surprises. It's very expensive, but you are an independent business person, and you can make your own decisions. Could you repeat those uh, companies for me? I heard Penske. Well, Penske and Ryder, uh, Pack Lease, there's National Lease. I think there's some other ones uh, in the United States as well, uh, but those are the big ones. Um, now, do I and, end up driving for them, or can I take it, like, say, to Landstar or another? Uh, oh, you could go to Landstar in a second, as long as you qualify at Landstar. You'd have to speak to Landstar first, and that's probably um, one of the better outfits to do this with because um, – for the most part, my understanding is they pay enough to be able to afford this. It's a very expensive, and I'll go on the air and I'll go on record as saying that. It's a very expensive way of getting into this thing. Um, however, uh, you know, I've been doing it for years and years and years, and it can work. You're not going to maybe make as much. You probably won't make as much as you would if you go and buy a truck, but you have none of the uncertainties. And I can tell you, if you went out and bought a 2015 truck for $140,000 or $150,000, there's all sorts of uncertainties with the, with the new engines. And if, if you, you know, so you're going to spend $150,000 and the thing is going to be down for at least, you know, I was just talking to somebody today and he, he figures in his fleet, every truck is down an average of a month a year because of all of these technical problems they're having with new engines. So, yeah. you know, there's a couple ways of doing this, and, and that may, as long as you have good credit, that is the path of least resistance to get you into it and then get yourself comfortable and, uh, you know, get your, uh, get your moxie back and then, you know, do that for six months or so, make sure you can do this, and then, boom, go and buy a truck. Okay. Um, my, I believe my credit does suffice. I, I've actually checked into it to, uh, uh, buy a truck, but, uh, I'm just, uh, I don't know if you can understand the fear I have of, uh, you know, I got a mortgage, I got two kids, uh, and, uh, I'm just really, uh, living on the edge, uh, hand to mouth kind of situation. Um, uh, the oil oh, let me, really let me, screwed me over. Let me let me um, interject a little bit. Have you ever have you ever heard of uh, Dave Ramsey? What's that? Have you ever heard of Dave Ramsey? Dave Ramsey, yes, sir. Uh, have you have you ever tried any of his material? Tried as far as like creating a budget and stuff. Start trying to get you and your family on a budget. Um, 
to uh, start alleviating, start, if, you know, if you start telling your money where to go instead of just uh, the way that he puts it is sit back and, and waiting for uh, your money to, tell, to dictate where it's going to go. If you tell your money where to go, it's surprising how it gets things get done. And I know it's uh, he calls his uh, budgeting uh, method, he calls it kind of like beans and rice, which if you follow his budgeting method, it's, it's near, not really living off beans and rice, but uh, but I tell you what, you know, um, it, it, it eliminates going out to eat. It eliminates all of that, uh, anything extra like that. It, it, you know, That's you pretty much all me. eliminated. We uh, we live on a budget. Well, well I'm saying uh, when you, day to day when, you come, when you come home, when you, when you, maybe when you come home, um, you know, maybe if your wife could maybe have like some Tupperware plates set aside for you when she cooks the meals for the family, and and instead of you when you're on the road or whatever, um, you know, you can you can possibly have you know even better home home cooks. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I hear you. you know, maybe, maybe freeze them and stuff like that. Just trying to think of some other methods that might be able to help you save a little bit of money right now in the, in the immediate and start trying to uh, get yourself ahead of the game here in, in the um, in the future. Uh, just uh, just a shout out to all the listeners. Um, if you ever considered working for the oil fields, it sounds great at first. It looks like a golden piece of paper. And, uh, but just like, uh, you can get into it, um, it might spit you right back out. I mean, I was clearing over 80 grand a year and, uh, when it all dropped, I had all these bills and, uh, a whole bunch of stress. Uh, the oil fields are not as easy as they sound. Uh, thank you for your time, sir. I appreciate your advice and I wish you a great day. Good luck and God bless you. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. And I appreciate the phone call from that caller. Um, Chuck, I think we got another caller that may have a question that wants to get in as well. Let's see here. We have Mike that has a question that wants to get in. And I'm going to be pulling into the carrier dealership in, here in just a second. So I'm going to let you and Mike chop this one up, and uh, and I'll get right back in here in just a second. So, Mike, you're online. Hey, good luck with your reefer there, Rico. <laughs> hey, hey, guys. Thanks very much. Hi, Mike. How can I help you? Uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out. Um, there's a company out there I'd like to move freight for. Their, uh, their weight is good. The area they're traveling in is nice, but they're, they're offering to the truck a dollar twenty. You think there's uh, a body could make a living out of that? No. Uh, well, it depends. Now, hold on a second. I should, before I jump and say no, there's a couple. You're going to lease your truck on with them, correct? Uh, y yes. Okay, now, is it their trailer? Yes. Okay, and who's paying for the insurance? They are. And who pays for the plates? They do. And who pays for the tolls? They do. Then you could make a living. Uh, yeah. You know, that's that's about that's standard rate. Um, mm. you know, that's a dollar twenty all in. Yeah. That, including that fuel surcharge the, and everything? Yeah, that includes the fuel. It includes all the deadhead miles. Um, um, basically, that's, that's what they're averaging. The average driver is making or owner-operator is making. Uh, from them now, yeah, that's it. But okay, you know I what? Like that's it. okay. Mm -hmm. um, there are a couple of questions. 
Where are you running? Uh, what area are you running? It's going to be from the southeast up to Wisconsin, uh, down to Laredo, Texas, where they have plenty of freight out of because they have a, a terminal there coming out of Mexico, and then back to Georgia again. Okay. Um, you're okay, and what are the weights like? How heavy are the loads? 30, thereabouts. Yeah, you know what? Um, I think that at 30,000 pounds, uh, I think it's, you know, um, I think it's very, it's a fair rate. I think you can make a living, especially with the cost of fuel being what it is. Um, How new is your truck, Mike? It's an old truck. It's a 2000. You'll make money. If you told me you had a brand new 2015 um, mm. and you just paid $150,000, that could be a different story. F- 15 but, grand all paid off. So you're in great shape. Um, yep. You know, I think you're, you're going to make some money here. You know, you're the sort of guy that is going to be definitely going to be a success story. Okay, great. I appreciate that info. Thanks. Let me ask you a question, Mike. Yeah. How long is it until you start getting paid with this company? Um, they pay within, uh, 20, within 24 hours. So you get paid. So you pull a load from Wisconsin to Laredo and you get paid in 24 hours? Sure. Mm-hmm. That, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, usually uh, yeah, when you Yeah. Yeah, no, these guys are out there a while. They're doing that all the time, and uh, that's, I mean, it's, like, it's kind of like Mercer's, like them guys, uh, you know, as soon as you put the load or get it delivered, that's it, you get paid, send in your uh, information, you know. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, <clears throat> that's a very fair deal, and uh, right. I think you can make money. How many miles a year are they telling you you're going to get? Uh, looking at about two and a half to 3,000 a week. There's no reason you shouldn't make money. Your truck probably mm. gets good fuel mileage. It does. Mm. Yeah. Well, then uh, you're going to make some money. Well, congratulations. All right. Well, thank you for that. I, uh, I wasn't sure at 120 it was cutting it fine. I'm, I'm probably making that about now, but, or maybe a little more even, but I'm pulling very heavy loads all the time and an awful lot of deadhead. So, you know. And, well, on your deadhead uh, right now, are you getting paid for it or not? No, 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 nothing, no. Yeah, that's uh, see, that's the program we have here. Is we pay our uh, owner operators for every mile they do, whether it's loaded or empty, and depending oh, on the mm. yes, um, depending on the truck, some of them I notice it doesn't make a big difference on weight, and other ones are sensitive to it. It just depends on the um, depends on the truck, you know, and the uh, the components on how the truck. The engine and the transmission, the rear ends are all aligned. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it also depends on how fast somebody goes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. You know, well, so that's be careful when you're down in Texas. You don't want to get on that road where I think they're driving 85 or 90 miles an hour because you're going to suck back a lot of fuel. Oh, you, you won't find me doing that, no way. No, yeah, I wouldn't. The, the, no, no. They'll, they'll be uh, they'll be pushing me. I guarantee. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how we get older. We slow down a little bit. <laughs> uh, how, how do you know I'm old? All right, Chuck. I'm, I jump. I'm jump back in here real quick. Um, before you, you and Mike, did y'all finish up? Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Take Joe. care, Mike. Take care. Bye. Bye. 
All right, we'll put Mike back on hold and uh, let's see. We got Richard has a question for us, Chuck. So I'm um, I'm trying to double double duty over here. Okay, buddy. So tonight, I know you can tonight, handle it. Tonight is basically tonight is basically racing lanes with Chuck Snow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hey, let's see here. Let's see if we can get Richard up here. Hey, Richard, you're on live with Rico and Chuck. Well, basically Chuck, but uh, how, how can we help tonight? Hey, guys. How are you tonight? I'm great. How you doing? Good. Not bad, Chuck. Actually, I talked to Chuck probably a year ago. I don't know if you remember this or not. Uh, my brother had just gotten his license, and uh, I bought a truck for him, and I was going to go get my own CBOR, and you told me to... Uh, you know, get him on with somebody else, let him get a year on their CBOR and do his thing there. Yes, uh, I do I remember the conversation. Yeah. I uh, I took your advice. I got him on to a, a company there out of Brampton running the States. We were a little concerned about him getting across the bridge. So he's been there about six months now doing good. Other than there's just some shenanigans going on over there. And uh, So I went and wrote my CBOR test a couple weeks ago. I'm just waiting on my numbers to come in. And I've got two quick questions. Uh, one is regarding insurance. How much do you think the insurance would go up if I added hazmat on it? Uh, quite a bit. Uh, if you're, um, and I don't know about you're in Canada, so I can speak from experience. Um, when we went to add hazmat on, we started a new fleet about eight years ago uh, to to be a hazmat carrier. And um, the insurance company wouldn't give me a rate right away. And we weren't really a fleet yet because we were under 10 trucks. And they said, just, you know, we know who you are. We know you're a good operator, blah, blah, blah. Just operate and, we'll, you know, we'll work out the rate. And they worked out the rate. And I, at the time, I was paying 10000 on my other trucks. And for this new fleet that we started, because it wasn't a fleet, they wanted $25,000 per truck. Okay. All right. So you got to halt. And the problem was at that time, and I really can't speak for right now, but I can tell you at that time, people were not willing to pay the extra for us to all hazardous. And I think okay. we're going to. I think we're probably seeing a similar situation to that right now, out of especially out of Ontario, because there is. Um, there's such a uh, a glut of trucks and such a shortage of outbound. You know, it's, it's a shipper's market. Absolutely, it is right now, especially coming out of Ontario. So, well, it's, um, it is really tough. Um, so, probably the hazmat shippers are trying to. Some of them are trying to get away without paying any extra. And I know some yeah. of the people in the U.S. that are listening to this show are shaking their heads, going, "What?" What are those stupid Canadians doing now? <laughs> and this is what we're up against because they can't they can't fathom what we're up against, you know, especially in Ontario. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I guess my next question is when I do decide to pull them off of this carrier and, and start uh, running under my own authority here, which probably, I, I'm still shooting to get them a year's experience, but if things keep going the way they're going over here, I'm, I'm not going to have much of a choice. Well, you do have a choice. Hold on a second. Let me interject here. You do have a choice. Why don't you see about putting him on with another carrier? You are getting into the, you're you're going to go and get your own authority insurance 
in the worst possible time we've had in the last three or four years in Ontario. Where are you going to get your work out of um, out of Ontario being the new kid on the block? Well, probably not a lot of places. The only the only saving grace is we're 20 minutes from the Michigan border. So I was kind of hoping I could get a lot. You know, it's better than running down to Toronto to get something to come back, right? We can always just go back into Michigan or, or whatnot. Are you going to run a reefer or drive-in? Um... I think drive-in right now. Um, I don't recommend doing what you're doing. Okay. I think you probably, uh, if you're going to do this at all, um, it, it you could make this work if you had a refrigerated trailer, but you need to you need to learn how to run a reefer. Yep. Um, there is opportunities for you in your in your area, you know, around uh, you know in Essex County. You've got all sorts of growers down there in Leamington. Um, but even then, uh, even if you ran empty, and, and you don't, I'm not telling you to go run to California, but run the Midwest, um, you know, at least you can bring, bring, bring back some refrigerated freight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd be better okay. off doing that. Um, now, but, yeah. where, where do I, uh, <clears throat> like what, what load boards would you recommend to use for our area? Is there brokerage firms up back home, stuff like that? Well, um, you may you may luck in and tie into one brokerage firm and get a steady deal, especially. But usually, your steady deals are going to take you back. Um, you may leave from um, you know from the Windsor area or wherever you are, or Sarnia or wherever uh, on the Ontario side, and go empty into the states, but. The big population, unfortunately, is in the Toronto area. Yep. So you're going to end up taking loads into Toronto, and then you don't want to be running back empty all the time from Toronto back to your home base and then into the border. It's just too many empty miles, and at least with a reefer, you got a better chance. You know, you can get loads of produce right now or pretty soon going southbound. Okay, but you're gonna, I'm telling you now. If you, yeah, if, well, not just Leamington. You got the Holland Marsh. Uh, you got a whack of stuff coming out of Quebec, uh, so you can get loads from um, from the U.S. You know, from Michigan and in places like that into uh, Montreal, uh, even from Leamington into Montreal, and then load from Montreal going into you know Ohio and things like that with a reefer. But okay. you don't stand a chance right now trying to start this thing out with a with a dry van. How big of a how big of a learning curve is this going to be? I'm I'm at Landstar. I've been here almost five years, so I, you know I've got I've got a handle on their system. I got a handle on the board and that their board. But how much more of a learning curve is it going to be once I start dispatching his truck? Huge, and you're, you know um, this is where Kevin and I have a difference of opinion, especially uh, when it comes to the difference between being American and being Canadian. You know, when I listen to these American guys down at CMC, uh, I just shake my head because they've got such a a wonderful, broad playground to work in uh, because, you know, they can go anywhere. They've got These guys don't understand what the restrictions of being Canadian are, and it, for all of our American listeners, let me just tell you, uh, being Canadian, we are restricted. We can haul 
from Canada to the U.S. and U.S. to Canada and Canada to Canada. Um, and that's tough because the rates may be okay one way, but there's zero coming back the other way. Um, so when we get into an area like, let's say, Laredo, Texas, and there's a load coming back from Laredo to Toledo, Ohio, or Detroit, Michigan, legally we cannot touch it. Um, and if we do, the, the consequences can be very severe, such as having our trucks confiscated because uh, we're taking work away from Americans. It's called cabotage. So it's just a different playing field. So being a Canadian and getting your own authority is not, you know, it, it's not all it's, it, it's, uh, it's cut out to be, especially right now. You know, you, I'm sure you've heard on the radio, um, you know, there is a little bit of a slowdown here. We don't know how long it's going to last. And a lot of it is um, as a result of the, uh, the oil fields just being so lousy. You know, we've got thousands, tens of thousands of people out of work, and all of the machinery and the food and the beverages and everything else that was consumed in the oil field is no longer being consumed. So that's had a devastating effect on the economy in Canada. And even though it, it all happened in Alberta, it's hit Ontario because now all of a sudden we have all these Alberta carriers that are going after our traditional freight. So, you know, think Jumping about back that. with you guys. Welcome back, Rico. I hope you got your problem fixed. <laughs> well, we're, um, we're in line, but I, I, I was able to manage to jump back here and do a little bit of mechanical work, and I actually got it started myself, but we're going to let them check it out since we're here anyway. Okay, good. Uh, anyway, we're just talking about uh, this gentleman here, Richard, getting uh, you know getting his own authority up in Canada and just pros and cons. But I would just be real careful. And what I would do right now, if you can, is see if you can get that truck on another company. I think yeah. he's going to be a yeah, lot more successful. Only, he's only got that six months in, right? And and I could probably limp it out another six months so it gets that golden one year in over here. It's just there's just been some. Uh, just some shady practices the last couple of weeks, and it's just you know. Well, probably, you know, uh, what? there's other companies that that may take him on. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's a book that comes to my. We've advertised in it, uh, driver owner or something. It's available at all the truck stops up in Canada. Um, and you know, he may be able to get a job. Is he? Is it six months uh, U.S. experience he has, or six months total experience? Uh, total U.S. and Canada. Okay. Yeah, there are some companies out there um, that will take him on, um, yeah. and maybe in some sort of a mentorship. Has he kept his record clean the last six months? Oh yeah. No, no, he's perfect. Like I mean, you know, he's he's he at made the through winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He well, he made it through winter. Yep. And uh, you know the the usual rookie scrapes and bruises, but uh, no, I have no complaints and and. and and that way is just, uh, like I said, just some shady stuff going on the last couple of weeks. I, well, I'm you sitting here with that. a CVOR and, uh, you know, thinking, well, I'm, I'm comfortable where I am at, uh, at Landstar right now. And then, like, I basically only work two weeks a month. I do a, I do a dedicated kind of deal. So I'd have the time to work with him if I if I was to, to go on my own. So Yeah, uh, I, I, I strongly don't think you... I don't think it's a very good idea right now, um, you know, unless you're going to really invest in this thing and go and get a reefer. But, you know, your insurance for him uh, could be expensive as a non-fleet. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've already gotten a quote on that. So. And how much was it? Uh, if, if you add the year in, it's going to be about fourteen thousand for the year. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, I can, and how, much, I, how much is that? Sorry, how much liability? I think that was two million. Okay, that's not bad at all. Uh, yeah, good like I could, I can get them insurance right now. I could have back in February to run just all of Canada, and it wasn't facilities insurance; it was a regular insurance policy, which surprised me. And uh, it was going to be just under nine for the year. So they're not, yeah, but you know what? They're not worried about guys just running Canada because of the liability is somewhat limited here. They're yeah. worried about them crossing the border, and the liability is sky high. That's so, the difference. So that was my, you know, like, and that's going to be the big thing too, because it's it, bottom line is it's going to, it's going to be the insurance company that determines that. You know, if they come, I know, I know that if he doesn't have the year's uh, experience, like a year ago when I looked into it, it was going to be like thirty-two thousand dollars for him to run the. Oh yeah. So, you know, that's the big thing too. So, okay, Chuck, I appreciate your time. Good luck to you, and yep. go and find another place for him to work. Okay. Thank you. Uh, good night. All right. All right. And one more thing uh, before we go on, I want to acknowledge Joe and Ken. I see you guys there. We're going to be coming to you in just a second. But the other call, I forgot the gentleman's name that called in a little early. I think it was Mike that was talking about the oil fields and stuff like that. And right. I just want to recommend that I'd be, I'd be remiss in my duties. Um, some of the, the the tone in Mike's voice a little bit kind of kind of struck me a little bit. And without all the stuff that I had going on, I couldn't really um, focus my thoughts. And hindsight in retrospect, and I didn't want to let it get too far down the road, but I want to recommend the book to Mike. By, um, it's called QBQ. Uh, I think John Miller is the author. Uh, it's a question behind the question. But I want to recommend that book to him because it sounded a little bit, uh, some of his talk sounded a little bit almost victim mentality. Um, the oil fields and other things. And, and I'm not trying to dismiss that some things may not, some people may, may paint a picture uh, that's rosier than what it may seem. But at the end of the day, guys, we got to remember that we are responsible for our own destiny. At the end of the day, regardless of what kind of uh, slight we have, may have been thrown from a company or anybody else, at the end of the day, we are responsible for us. So I don't, I don't want to pass the buck too far off, and and and, and I don't want to, don't want to come across preachy either. I understand the, sometimes how the hopelessness feels. I mean, I, I understand the whole aspect of at, at the position that he's been because I've been there as well. I've, I've been in that position before where it didn't seem like there was any hope or there was any light at the end of the tunnel. But tough times don't last. Tough people do. You just have to kind of wrap your, uh, get your mind in a, in a, in a mind free frame in a, in a state of mind to not let this beat you. Um, don't, don't, don't position of, um, well, I was making 80,000 a year. Some of that you might have to take a, and this is going to be the tough part. You might have to take a look in the, in the mirror and say, okay, when I was making that kind of money, did I handle it the best possible way? Bingo. And, some, and, 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 and that's a tough pill to follow. Uh, because we are, we are in an instant society where we want everything now, now, now. And the easiest way to get things now is not to have a long-suffering mentality. It's just go ahead and finance it. And then we accumulate all of this debt, which is why I was saying, you know, go check out Dave, Dave Ramsey. There's a reason why 
car dealerships don't advertise the prices of cars. There's a reason why uh, uh, furniture stores are telling you 24, 24 months with no interest. If you spend all of your, if all of your income is going out making payments, then guess what? At the end of the day, you don't have any money left and you're broke. You know, it kind of reminds me of that. I think it's one of those insurance commercials that a guy's riding around on his lawnmower, you know, had a big, nice, fancy house, big, nice car and everything, but he was like, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. Debt is slavery, people. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to get off my, I'm gonna get off my uh, soapbox, but I just, I just wanted to, some of what he was saying there kind of struck me a little bit, and, and I just felt it was on my heart that I needed to say that. I, need, I needed to put that out there. Um, <laughs> well said, Rico. Now, okay, Chuck, um, I'm going to take a quick, uh, quick segue, and I'm going to try to bust out this truck, uh, the USDA Fruit and Vegetable Truck Rate Report real quick. And it's going okay. to be quick because there are no markets that are showing any slight shortages. There are no markets that are showing any shortages. Every single market, according to the USDA report, is showing an adequate truck supply through all markets and regions that uh, fruit, produce, and vegetables are moving in right now, which means pretty much for uh, guys that are chasing the produce that uh, some of the rates may start to fall back down a little bit if you, if you were even experiencing really great rates. Um, and let's try and bust out this DAT trend line report really quickly for the week of June 28th through July 4th. Rates rose for vans, reefers, but dipped for flatbeds earlier last week as shippers closed month and quarter, month in the quarter. By the end of the week, however, low board activity slowed for the July 4th holiday, leading to a 20% de- decline in the load and truck post. So we're going to take and see what the U.S. van demand was looking like for the week of the 28th through the 4th, July 4th. And van load posts declined 16%, and truck posts fell 20% last week. Due to July 4th holiday, the load-to-truck ratio rose 5.4% to 2.4 loads per truck, and van rates added $0.02 per mile. June ratio dips 5.3%. Load availability was stable. In June, and capacity increased 5.7% compared to May for a 5.3% decline in the load-to-truck ratio. Compared to the atypical conditions of June 2014, the ratio fell 44%. Wow. From 4.3 to 2.4. Moving on quickly over into the U.S. van rates for the week of June 28th through July 4th. The national average rate for vans recovered two cents to a dollar eighty-nine cents per mile last week, due to the end of quarter and per pre-holiday demand. Van rates continued to climb in key markets such as the Southeast and California. Rates rise two cents in June. The average van rate rose two cents per mile for from May to June, due to increase in fuel surcharge compared to June of 2014. The total rate fell twenty-two cents including a $0.19 drop in the fuel surcharge. Uh, Quickly going around the country, Philadelphia shows for the uh, Northeast Corridor representative shows an average of $1.73 per mile on average. The Mid-Atlantic and Southeastern representative city for dry vans is Atlanta, showing a $2.15 per mile average coming out of Atlanta. Moving up into the Midwest, Chicago is the representative city showing an average rate for dry vans of $1.96 per mile. In the south-central region of the United States, Dallas is showing a $1.90 per mile average. 
and coming out of Los Angeles, the city of angels actually sets the high water mark for dry van showing an average of $2.35 per mile coming out of Los Angeles. Moving on over to the U.S. demand for flatbeds for the week of June 28th through July 4th. Flatbed low post declined 25% last week, and the truck post dropped 14%. 20% decline in the low board activity is typically doing, is typical during a holiday week. The low to truck ratio lost 13% to 16.6 loads per truck, and rates dipped one cents per mile. Uh, June ratio, flatbed freight availability increased 9.3% in June, and capacity held steady compared to May. The resulting load-to-truck ratio rose 9.1% compared to a typical conditions of June 2014. The ratio declined 51%. So there's just notice the, the trend that we're talking about here from last year to this year in both segments of dry vans, flatbeds, and I'm probably going to assume that reefers going to be in that as well. But with no further ado, let's jump over real quick and look at the flatbed rates for July, June 28th to July 4th. National average rate, average rate for flatbeds dipped one cent last week to $2.18 per mile. Only decline in the low-to-truck ratio rates rose in Savannah, Dallas, and Fort Worth, but dipped in Pittsburgh. Flatbed rates increased another one cent in June compared to May. The total rate of $2.19 per mile was 24 cents lower than the national average of June, June 2014 largely due to a $0.21 cents drop in the average fuel surcharge year over year. Going across the country, Northeastern Corridor is the representative city out of the Northeast. It's Harrisburg, showing an average rate of $3.92 per mile for flatbeds. The Southeast representative, Atlanta, is showing a $2.67 per mile average coming out of Atlanta. Moving on over into the Midwest, Rock Island is the representative city out of the Midwest, showing an average of $2.71 per mile. Houston, Texas, showing an average rate in the South Central region of the United States at $2.27 per mile. And Phoenix, Arizona wraps up the flatbed report showing for the West Coast $2.01 per mile on average coming out of Phoenix, Arizona. And to wrap up the uh, DAT trend line, let's jump over into the reefer reports. Low posts for reefers declined 17% last week, and truck posts dropped 21%. Due to the short holiday week, the national average load-to-truck ratio added 4.8% to 6.4 loads per truck, and average rates rose one cent. Reefer load availability increased 5.5% in June, but capacity also added 6.3% compared to May. The load-to-truck ratio was stable, down 0.8%, which puts us at 5.9 loads per truck. Compared to the usual unusually high demand of 2014, the ratio fell 49%. So across all three segments, we are basically down 50% from last year, from the same time last year, historically. Um, moving on over into the rate department for reefers. The national average rate for reefers recouped one cent last week in the run-up to the July 4th as rates continue to trend up in Sacramento and Dallas. 
refer rates added three cents in June compared to May, an average of two dollars and nineteen cents per mile compared to twenty fourteen. The national average fuel surcharge fell twenty cents and the lime haul rate dipped one cents for an average of twenty one cents decline in the total rate year over year. So this kind of this helps explain a little bit of what's going on, nothing necessarily make it better. It kind of just gives us a little bit of an idea to uh, kind of look at what happened last year and what's going on this year and how we may need to, as an industry and as um, business owners, how we may need to start making a couple of adjustments to our operations. Um, Real quickly, just going across the country real quick, and we're going to wrap this up and get right back into the calls with uh, Chuck. Uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey shows for the uh, Northeast Corridor an average of $1.85 per mile on average for reefers. Lakeland, Florida, coming out, student representative showing an average of $1.82 per mile. Green Bay, Wisconsin, setting the high water mark coming out of the Midwest, $2.75 per mile on average. The South Central United States representative city is McAllen, Texas, down out of the Rio Grande, showing a $2.01 per mile average coming out of the Rio Grande. And Fresno, coming out of the West Coast, is the representative city showing a $2.35 per mile average. And that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up my little reports really quickly. Uh, Chuck, uh, any commentary on that before we jump back into the calls? We got Joe, uh, Ken, and Jazz. I see you all. We're coming to you soon. No commentary. <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, uh, and one thing that we also wanted to bring up that we didn't get a chance to touch on, uh, and, and maybe we'll do it before the show wraps up, but we wanted to try to talk about the deadline that's, um, that, that Congress and, uh, and the feds are working on to try to implement this EOBR mandate for everybody that's out here. We may jump into that before the close of the show, but uh, we don't want to keep uh, our callers waiting, so with no further ado, we're going to jump over and grab Joe. Let's see if we can get Joe up and on board with us. Joe, are you there? Yes, sir. How you doing, Mr. Rico? We're good, Joe. How about yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, you took some of my thunder away regarding that first caller. Uh, some of uh, what I've noticed in the last, well, for quite a while, is there's a lot of people when the economy turns down, they turn to trucks and they say, hey, I will buy a truck and that will solve my problems. But the problem that I find in a lot of them, like I get guys trying to lease on to me, and they'll come in, they'll have all these things, and I'll just look at them and say, what are your expectations? And they have no clue. They do not know. They think they'll buy a truck, and that will solve all their problems. I had one guy that come over, and he says, well, I've got a $3,000 house payment. I said, buddy, there's your problem. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, and they, but they have unrealistic, they, they don't have a plan, or they may have a plan, but they don't have a, uh, they might have a goal, but they don't have a plan how to get to their end goal, or, and they don't know, they don't know what they're doing, they're, like Kevin says, they're buying a job, and they, and the, right. the, you know, this is a great industry, you can make a lot of money, you can succeed, but you can fail so fast that you won't know that you failed. Oh, yeah. Very true, Joe. Uh, you know, uh, sure. I'll add to that. Uh, we're not really truckers. We're really accountants that have trucks. Oh, yes. Mm. This is a numbers game, nothing else. 
Um, and, you know, and you, if they you look at the profits, the profit margins are measured in pennies, not dollars. Right. That's the sad part. You're right. That's something. That, that's the some, That's something. And, and Joe, you, I pay you preaching to the choir, my friend. You're gonna get me back on my soapbox. But <laughs> that's some. Of, that's some of the things that that I try to caution people against. And 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 some of the. I tell you, being on Facebook sometimes and being in so many different groups, and I'm I'm, I'm a member of, of a bunch of different groups, and, and I don't I, I I refrain a lot of times from uh, saying a lot of things when I see different people post a lot of stuff. I see people post settlements, you know, post pictures of their Qualcomm and stuff, and and it's so damn misleading um, because they're showing that, but then that's not your net. And anybody that runs a business knows that okay, gross that's that's great. But what is your net? Uh, that's, that's, what, that's what actually puts food on the table. And that's something that I try to caution people against by when they're looking at people's settlement reports or when they're listening to people tell them all this pie-in-the-sky stuff. Look, man, get some real-world, you know, uh, I, I understand, but get some real-world numbers. You know, people ask me about, uh, just bring it back to trucking real quick. People ask me about the trucking, uh, the brokering school that I went to. And, and I just throw this out there for anybody that's thinking about trying to go and pay anybody for a brokerage school. There's something that you might want to put into your your notes and your vetting before you give somebody your money. Look to see if they actually have loads posted on the load board, if they're actually moving freight, or if they're just making the majority of their money off teaching uh, theories. Uh, sadly enough, um, that's something that I had to learn the hard way. I, I got a lot of applications and stuff that I could use, but... I, the people that, that I went to brokering school with don't really move a ton of freight. And, I, and if I'd have known that going in, that might have would have swayed my decision before I, I, you know, I went down that road. But just, you know, just something I just wanted to throw out there while I was on that, on, on my little, my little preaching seminar real quick. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, yeah, what, what we do, what we do is our drivers come in the office and they'll say, we need logs. Okay. My wife counts the logs out and the driver says, well, why do you get so stingy with logs? Hey, they cost. Envelopes cost. We track everything. A penny saved is a penny earned. And you, you make a million dollars one cent at a time. So true. Absolutely. Especially in this business. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if you can make a dollar a day, you're doing good sometimes. Especially in these times. I mean, they get tough. But so many people have no expectation or no any idea of what they are doing. I'll buy a truck. I'll get my authority. I'll go trucking. Well, you know, back in the 80s, there used to be a truck driving company out of Colorado, National Truck Drivers. They had TV ads all the time, drive a truck, make money, have a boat, pick up and everything. What they forgot to tell you is you're going to be driving a truck. You ain't going to be sitting on that lake driving that boat. <laughs> well, how true. <laughs> you know, and that's but that's what I got to say, you know, is a lot of people, they really need to redefine their their end goal. Uh, look back, like you said, Rico. Maybe, maybe he, his expectations aren't good. May, you know, because being a new owner operator, he might come out here and make less than he is now, and then he'd have to eat bologna with no bread. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and, and 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 the sad thing is, he said he has a wife and family. Well, then then everybody suffers, you know. And when you fail in transportation, you're generally not at home. Yeah, absolutely. That that is that is definitely true. And and you know, and, and speaking of the, the you know, just the whole aspect of you know, you're the man and you're the head of your household, and you got to lead your family. 
you know, they're looking to you for leadership. They're looking for you for guidance. So we, we, we have to, you know, that's a serious responsibility in itself. Uh, it know, is. Just, just, um, I'm going to back off of that one. <laughs> so that's, all I, that's all I've got, guys. I appreciate the show tonight. You guys have a good one. <laughs> you too. Thanks, Joe. All right, Joe. You bet. Thanks. All right, uh, let's see. We got Ken wanting to get in real quickly. We got, oh, man, we got a bunch of people that's, that's got on the line. Let's see. Let's grab Ken real quick. Ken, uh, you're on with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hi, Rico. Hey, stay on that soapbox because uh, 10 years ago I figured out that uh, I was that way. I owned a business, and uh, it was a retail business. <laughs> Had plenty of money, I thought, until I looked at my resources and found out that I was in debt farther than I could realize now. I'm uh, totally out of debt, except for my mortgage, of course, um, and that's going to be taken out real soon. But here's my question for you guys. I've got, um, thank you. I've got a, um, I'm looking at, at buying my first truck. Of course, like I said, I've already owned a business. So the business aspect of it, I think I, I've got down pretty well. But see if, it, see if this throws up a red flag. And then also I want to know what other questions I need to ask companies uh, about it. Okay. This this place is a dry van hauler. Uh, yep. They do expedited and high value. Right. They're gonna they're gonna pay me eighty eight percent of gross. Um, for the uh, seven hundred and fifty a month for the um, insurance um, load insurance and and so which I'll have to. I mean they pay it, but I have to pay them seven fifty a month. This is just uh, for the load insurance, not for the truck insurance. Well, no, it'd be, it it wouldn't be for the bobtail. It'd be for the truck insurance and the and yeah, truck and trailer and load. That would okay. that would be all three included. Now my boss, their trailer. Okay, and you get eighty. So they're only taking off twelve uh, percent for yes. the trailer and brokerage. Yes. Very reasonable. They're not charging your trailer. They're not charging your trailer fee. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, at least, they, at least they didn't say they were. Let me. I'll put that down for a question. Yeah. Okay. Um, How much is the bobtail insurance? Uh, well, I'm I'm going with a 2002 Pete. So the bobtail insurance, they you have to get your own. They won't get it, but they said it'd be between 130, 140 a month for for that old of a truck. Okay. Um. Then um, they've got because it's Illinois, you've got workman's comp that they you have to pay for, and okay. uh, that that would be a hundred and sixty a month. That's reasonable. Okay, um, that's what I thought too. Um, the plates they pay for up front, and then you have to pay them back within a uh, three to four week period. Uh, April to April is sixteen hundred uh, eighty a year. Um, so prorate the first year, right? Uh, they're saying everybody takes about thirty-five to four thousand dollars per week home, but then they come home? back and say that that works out to about a dollar per mile. But you hold on, they be getting. Hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa! I think they're. I think that the uh, the ledger lines are getting mixed up here. That, um, that's what I thought too. That that's that was the first. You know. Yeah, let me just say one thing. If it's too good, sounds too good to be true, it usually is. 
Um, right. Okay, a dollar a mile. Now, if that's a dollar a mile take home, okay. Right. Yes. Um, then that's phenomenal. Okay. Uh, that's like unbelievable. Okay. But I, yeah, that is... I'm li- I'm really skeptical. Okay. You know, the average uh, owner operator take home, uh, and I can only speak for up here uh, in Canada. It's probably about sixty cents a mile. Okay. Guys run hundred and twenty thousand miles a year. They make seventy two thousand dollars after everything. So it's a little better, right? Than, you know. And I think that's realistic. A dollar a mile? My God, man, I think I would leave my, uh, you know, I'd leave all this nonsense behind to make a dollar a mile take home. Uh, Well, I mean, well, that's expedited and high value. So that's the reason why I, I mean, I I figured it was a little bit high, but I was was thinking, man, how in the world can that, you know, work out the right way there? You know, I got to tell you something. Um, When it comes to these percentage deals, some of them are true blue and some of them aren't and some of them get padded and I'm not saying that this company is doing that but you know the I think it was the caller we had on before uh or or one of the callers uh, I think his name was Mike and he had he was going he had a 2000 and he was going to go work for somebody at a dollar 20 a mile that's right, a lot yeah. safer you know his deal is better than I think if I was starting out my first truck um I would go with his deal because it's covering your empty miles. You know, sometimes these 88% deals, yeah, it's really good. You get 88% of something, and then they, they're going to run you 300 miles empty, and you're going to go 300 right. miles empty at your expense and then go hook up to a load that's not so high value, that's not so expedite, but it's the only thing in the area, and it's going 100 miles past where you want to get off. Right, yeah. And that happens an awful lot with these percentage deals. Now, there are some great percentage companies. I'm not saying that there's not, um, but I would be very skeptical. I think you're better okay. off for your first. If this, if this is your first truck and your first deal, you want to have some assurance. Uh, go to a company right. where they're not promising you the world, but they're promising you something realistic. Because you know what? At the end of the day, you can make that mortgage payment and that truck payment with real with realism. You're never going to do a fantasy, you know. Correct. Yeah, yeah maybe somebody's going to pay six thousand dollars for you know for a thousand dollar load, and that does happen once in a while. But I'm going to tell you, uh, quite often, according to you know drivers I know that have worked on those deals, um, the the six thousand dollar load by the time you get it is four thousand. Because he's already skimmed right. off another two grand. Well, and that's, um, that was the other question. One of the other kind of questions I had going into these before I even get into it is, how do you know the you know because even the ones that do it, the percentage, how do you know what the uh, load rate is? They, I mean, how do you know that they haven't put it into a secondary company and yeah, you know, uh, replaced or whatever? But, you know, I've, I've had drivers come in here, owner operators, through the years and. And they were working at percentage-based uh, on percentage-based contracts other places, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, is they weren't getting the true percentages, and it's really risky, especially with your first truck. Once you know the right. business a little bit, and you know the rates, and you know what people can get, um, go out and 
you know, get something steady. There's lots of good companies out there. Correct, yeah. Okay, you got a okay. 2002. Um, set yourself up for success, or maybe a company out there has got a steady run from point A to point B and back. You start doing expedited, and if you look at that contract, and that, I don't know why a company would be doing 2000, would be doing expedited and giving it to a, a no offense, I love old trucks, okay, because they're more reliable than new ones. But still, at the end of the day, when if an expedited load is late and a customer finds out that I put it on board one of my uh, old wounded gazelles, um, that customer is going to, you know, they're, they're not going to use me again. I've lost my credibility. Correct, yeah. You know, your truck, okay. God bless it, it's 13 years old. Right. No, I understand. And and that, that was one of my other problems with it. And, uh, you know, cause I, I figure if I could make it through, uh, you know, two or three months, um, with the truck and learn it and get, you know, then, then I could see doing the expedited. I, that, that was one of the, the, the flags that was up in my mind too. When he said he was an ex, you know, he did expedited, uh, the dollar a mile was the other one, uh, that was really shady between that with the 3500 to 4000 a week and that was the other uh flag that I had so okay thank you very much for your time appreciate okay, it okay good luck to you um thank you bye bye now all right Chuck I was listening in I had to step out the truck just for a second that's no problem and time time is running real quick and we got Ken on, got Joe on. Let's go to Jazz. Uh, Jazz, you're on live with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey, Rico. Um, what I need, um, I need you guys to motivate me. Um, I have my own authority. My truck paid for. I'm a trailer paid for, but I'm doing this power warning. I have my flatbed at home, and I, you know, I want to start pulling my own flatbed. But uh, broke about twenty grand a month, and I did about thirteen to fourteen a month. Uh, doing this power warning deal, but I work uh, pretty hard out here. I run about 3,500 miles a week, and I, I'm not able to get home but every other weekend. So I know with my own flatbed, uh, I can get home a little more, you know, running the low board or the stock market. You know, I'm kind of scared to pull that trigger. I don't want to make a mistake and, and lose the money in the end. Uh, is it, do you think it's uh, safe for me to stay over here or grab my flatbed and start running with it? No, stay where you are. Uh, do not go into the flatbed business right now. Okay, okay. And why uh, I'm saying that, um, in both our countries, the the oil business has gone flat, and as a result, an awful lot of that equipment that was used for hauling uh, for the oil fields is now looking for other work in your country and mine. And what I'm finding is that an awful lot of times, some of the rates on flatbed are much lower than they were because there's so many flatbeds available. And Rico and I were just talking during uh, during one of the break times and uh, before, and, uh, you know, there may be some, we may be heading into some, uh, some uh, uncharted waters or, or some rough waters ahead. Um, and... The last thing you want to be doing when that happens is pulling a flatbed. Okay, yeah, because this company over here, uh, it paid me loaded and empty miles. 
Absolutely. You keep working there, and, and you keep going home whenever they let you go home and put that money away. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. All right, then. Thanks a lot, guys. Okay. God bless. Have a good night. We appreciate it. And uh, I think we're getting ready. Actually, the time just expired, but we got one more caller, and we'll get that caller in, and we'll wrap up after him. So, Ken, you get to have the last call of the night. You're on live with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey, hey Rico. Hey, Chuck. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I'd like to go over some of my numbers with you guys. Uh, I've got a 26-year-old truck, 1989 uh Good shape with a 2013 Rentenauer flatbed, 48102. Uh, my fixed cost is 17 cents a mile between tag, heavy highway, tax, uh, $1,000 a month payment on my trailer, and $240 a month. So, so, on so, so is that 1000 in that 17 cents? Say again, please. Is that is that one thousand included in that seventeen cents fixed cost? Yes, sir. So the only thing okay. else is two hundred forty dollars a month for uh, bobtail and physical damage insurance. That, okay. Uh, so, so seventeen cents a mile for that. I've run fifty one thousand miles so far this year, ending in June. Uh, and then my maintenance cost is uh, 15 cents a mile, uh, and I've got, I've had the truck for seven years, six years of it, I didn't drive it, I had other guys driving it, and I rebuilt the whole thing, all majors, on major components, so uh, I think I'm sitting pretty good, oh, about 12 grand on the trailer, you know, uh, and my fuel cost right now is 31 cents a mile. And that's kind of skewed because I was for three months hauling 8,000 pound loads and empty coming back. So uh, I'll probably wow. buff that five cents going back to 70, 70 80,000. Uh, wow, you're getting uh, great fuel mileage on that truck. Or you're buying your fuel yeah, real cheap. Uh, my cost on the fuel with the. Uh, Nastic Fleet One card is real good. It's 262, and my uh, for year to date fuel mileage is eight and a half. God bless you. That's excellent. Good work, man. So, so you know, I'm doing about a dollar fifty nine in my lease with a fuel surcharge. So, I think I'm doing okay. Uh, and I just want to, I'm, I'm a little concerned about, you know, what you're talking about with the oil fields and rates dropping and fuel just dropped 10 cents a, a gallon today, you know? So I think with, with crude oil at 51 something, I'm a little concerned, you know, with, with the future and. Well, but, none of us can really, um, Rico and I were ch chatting about it. We're in a global economy, and part of this stuff we're seeing right now uh, recently has to do with what's going on in Greece. And there's nothing precedented uh, before with anybody dropping out of the European Economic Union. So 
the, the markets are up in arms. Um, you're okay. You don't have a huge, you know what? If you had a huge overhead with that truck, you would be, you should be concerned. Uh, that truck doesn't cost you anything to run. You'll make a living. I wouldn't lose any sleep over what you've, you know, what you've got. You may lose, um, you may lose, you know, some part of your contract or, or it may diminish a little bit, but your overhead is so low. Keep doing what you're doing as long as you can do it. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. You're quite welcome. Yeah, those numbers were great. That fixed cost was outstanding. Um, the best I've ever heard. This guy's got, my my God, I have not heard fuel costs like that in years. And But that's going back to another thing, you know, I, I was kind of harping on a little bit a little earlier. I uh, was talking about some of the other people that are thinking about getting into this industry, being owners, and, um, you know, guys, like, like Chuck said, I, that, that's a beautiful, uh, beautiful analogy, Chuck. We're, we're accountants with trucks. This is a numbers yep. game, and a lot of people just we get late. We we really do get lazy. I'm guilty of it at times. We we, we just the numbers are not sexy. It's boring. It's mundane. Don't want to do it. It sometimes makes your eyes glaze over. I'm, I'm, but now is critical more so than any other time, man, we got to start cracking down and watching our expenses, watching what, what's coming in, what's going out, um, because it's, it's at a critical point right now. It's really, a, it's really at a real critical point right now. And, um, you know, we just looked at the DAT report showing that across all transportation segments, we were down 50% across the board from, this, from, from the same point last year. Uh, as far as uh, as far as capacity, well, not capacity, but as far as uh, tonnage and everything is, we're down. So uh, we're going to have to start making some adjustments. We're going to have to start doing some things a little bit different. We're going to have to start tightening our belts. Um, but you know, like like I said earlier, tough times don't last. Tough people do. So and and, and this is going to weed out a bunch of people. And oh yeah. If you're not watching, if you're not watching those numbers. Uh, it's actually good news for those of us that are watching the numbers because it'll start to, you know, not to sound cruel or anything like that, but it'll, hey, uh, survival of the fittest. Those that don't know and yeah. don't and, and hadn't taken the time to watch the numbers and do the things that they that they need to do to make their business successful, they're not going to be in business much longer. And us us guys and girls that are taking the time to avail ourselves of as much information as possible and try to make changes and and, and set up good business policies and, and tactics. We, I think we're going to be rewarded for that, but we're going to have to suffer through uh, a little bit of a lean time in order to get to that point. Um, and we, we ran a completely out of time. Uh, shows We're practically in overtime right now. Uh, we, we got bumped off of uh, the podcast portion of it, so if you're still on the line, uh, don't notice we still got quite a few people still hanging on the line listening to us. So I, I don't want to be remiss in my duties and not um, – kind of plug some of my fellow members before we get out of here completely. Um, so let me take the time a minute and do that real quickly. Yesterday, yesterday evening, uh, every Tuesday, our good friend Kenny Long, he has his podcast, Trucking with Authority, comes on every Tuesday at 7 p.m., same time. Call-in number for that show is 646-277. Kenny has a ton of great information when it comes to uh, getting started in this business, things that you need to do, the um, he can help you from a, a more practical standpoint of understanding what it is, the steps that you need to take, and uh, everything that you need to do to be successful with getting your business started. That's what Kenny's show surrounds. Um, on Fridays, Kim Cochran has her show. 
Destination Health, Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Something that all of us need to be more cognizant of is, is taking better care, better care of ourselves out here on the road. And that's what Kim's show focuses around. Is, uh, her show is Destination Health. Call-in number for that show is 347-324-3285. And, of course, uh, on Sunday at 9 p.m., this is where the rubber meets the road, literally. Mike and Kevin Beckett, their show, Rolling Toe. Uh, Mike and Kevin Beckett, uh, some of the foremost experts when it comes to alignments and, and uh, issues with truck tire, trucks and tires. Uh, seeing this guy operate firsthand myself, guys want to check him out, avail yourself some of his information. His show is every Sunday at 9 p.m. Call-in number for that show is 347-637-1067. And with that said, Chuck, anything you want to say in wrapping up before we get out of here? Don't want to take too much more of your time. As, as, as no, you know, Rico, I, I always enjoy these these evenings. And, uh, you know, I had a, a, tonight's no different. I really enjoyed it. We had some great questions. Um yeah, we, we may be heading, we don't know, um, you know, we may be heading into some uncertain times. We don't know for sure. So, you know, my best advice to everybody is, you know, keep your expenses down. Um, you know, Chrome, don't get your home. Uh, don't go out and buy stuff for your truck you don't need that's not going to make you money. Uh, everybody wants a, or some people want a nice shiny truck. It's not going to make you any more. Uh, be realistic in your expectations. Uh, yeah, we had a boomer year as an industry the last couple of years. We have peaks and valleys. Um, and what happens is people hear that guys are doing well in trucking, so they get into it and they buy a truck or three or fleets expand. And now all of a sudden we go from having a capacity crunch to having too many trucks and the markets are, the markets are reacting. We live and breathe in a live market. And when you're seeing these rates come down, there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, part of it, of course, with, you know, with produce, um, we're kind of at a funny time of year because most produce is local right now. So we're not shipping produce from the, you know, from California, Texas and Florida, uh, people in, you know, people in Kentucky are eating local, you know, local produce as, you know, as are the people in the Carolinas, so that's got an effect on markets. I wouldn't get too scared, but I'm just telling people, be cautious in what you spend. And that's all I really have to say. And I, I wish everybody a, a, safe, uh, a safe journey wherever they're going. Have a good night. Absolutely. So if, 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 um, if, if, if you don't know, I'm going to touch base back with you before the week's out, if, if, uh, if I can. And I don't know what your schedule is looking like for the rest of the month, but I got I might want to see if if, if you might be uh, available, maybe double dip. Uh, I, I might want to get you back on. I got some the most stuff that I wanted to try to get into that I didn't get a chance to get into tonight uh, with the unforeseen circumstances that we had going on. But uh, but I'll but I'll talk to you about that later, maybe. Uh, but Not a problem. Based on that, and before we get out of here tonight, we want to always, as we always do, give thanks to Kevin Rutherford, Lisa Rutherford, and the entire the entire Les Truck team. Don't get to name all of you guys out there, but I want to know, want to let you guys know all of the guys on the Les Truck team that we appreciate you, that we uh, value everything that you guys do to help us try to make this industry a better place. So with that said, we want to thank everyone for their time out of their busy schedule to come and check us out tonight and listen to us. And please, if you haven't already done so, go to Facebook and like 
rates and lane page with Rico Muhammad. Go ahead and give us some likes. We want to try and push that thing up above the 500 uh, mark. And uh, if you have any questions or anything, that's the place to send them is on the Rakes and Lanes uh, Facebook page. You can put your questions or anything like that there, and we'll try and get them addressed. If, if not at there, we'll try to get them knocked out here on the show. And we want to take as much feedback and anything that you can see that we might need to do to help make us better. Uh, you can leave us a critique and some feedback on there as well. Uh, this is Rico Muhammad coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, signing off. I want to thank you all again. God bless you, and good night. Good night, Chuck. Good night, Rico. God bless. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.